And welcome back to First of All, a podcast and a real unfiltered conversation on career, life, family, love, and culture. I hope you've been having a great week so far. Uh, It's been kind of a tough one, but uh, I hope you'll stay tuned for a separate segment that I'll be recording to kind of reflect on a lot of things that have been happening in my life, including the passing of a very dear friend of mine and also the wedding of my older brother slash best friend. So, uh, yeah, I, I welcome you back to episode seven. Um, last one that you guys heard was a little bit rough. I wasn't, <laughs> it's been a rough week, you guys. It's been a rough week of 10 days. I, I can't really keep track, but I'm so excited. The reason why I'm so peppy right now and so high spirited despite all, uh, all the stress is that I have a very special guest with me today. And, um, Timing just worked out. I'm in the Bay Area with my family, and I'd like to welcome my mom, Carol Chang, as my special guest for first of all this week. Hi, Alma. Hi, Minji. <laughs> Say hi to the audience. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm Carol Chang. I'm mom of Minji Chang. Yes. Nice to meet you. Okay, I'm going to have to keep my giggling to a minimum. I love talking with my mom, and I'm so excited to have her here as a guest and um, share some thoughts on our featured topic of this week, which is how how it feels to be an immigrant slash child of an immigrant in the United States. Um, I talk with my parents a lot, and uh, both are from Seoul, Korea. yes. And um, have had a really rich and long life here in the States for, what, 37 years now, right? Yes. Yes. Mm. So uh, I just want to kind of get a story, I guess, a conversation, things that I talk about with my parents and just record it so that you guys can get some insight on um, what it's like between a child and a parent um, of an immigrant and an immigrant child. And uh, specifically from Korea, because there's a lot of us here. Right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of Korean in America. Yeah. Especially in Bay Area and L.A. area. Yeah. And California. Mm-hmm. Also in New York and mm-hmm. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Some in Chicago. Anyway. Yes. Yes. So, Oma, um, can you share a little bit about what it was like when you first came to America? Uh, I graduated my college in 1980, and I have a wedding ceremony two days after my graduation day. Was it two days? Two days later. Oh, my gosh. Because my husband just uh, finished his army duty for a young Korean man. That's a, you know, national citizen's duty to finish three years of military service. And he knew that uh, his mom was in America before him, that he tried to get his oldest son to live in America with her. So we kind of known each other a long time before that, you know, college. And I commit myself (laughs) (laughs) and then finally get a wedding right after my graduation. And my mother-in-law came out to my graduation day, and we have a wedding. And my husband come over first at 1980, June. So right after he got a green card, 
he come out to Korea and invite Korea. me. Oh, okay. So I stay there like a 10 more months for my uh, English teacher career there. And then January 1981, I have a flight to America. <laughs> so, wow. So 11 months after you were married, because you got married in February. Yes. And then so 11 months later, you came to America. Right. And you were split from Appa for like 10 months or Yes, yes. But at the, you know, among that time he visited Korea to for my uh, immigration invitation processing. So we meet, you know, few times but actually we separated like uh, 10 months, 11 months after we have a wedding. So I was so happy to unite with him at January 1981. Aww. That's the time I came. I was only 24 years old, Uh but I was brave enough to (laughs) get, you know, married and come to the new place. I didn't know what's come up to my life. Yeah. (laughs) But I was so happy to get, you know, together with him. That must have been hard, though, because you're newlywed. Mm. And at the time, you're 23 when you Mm. got married. Mm. And so just a little background story, which I'm going to bring my parents back on because I want to get the full story from both perspectives. But they were actually high school sweethearts. Mm -hmm. You knew each other and were together since high school. Mm. And um, to spend like your first year apart must Mm. have been pretty tough, right? And you're... No, no, no. It was not first time because when I was in... the army. Yeah, yeah. When I was in freshman uh, in college Mm -hmm. and right after we become... (coughs) Sophomore, he has to go to army. Mm. So I knew that uh, I have to wait, you know, three years. But I have enough busy life at my college life. I have a bunch of <laughs> good a friends. Of yeah, good friends. <laughs> good friends and every, you know, gathering. We have a so exciting uh, life every day. So I was kind of so busy with my <laughs> own life. But right after he come out to army, mm-hmm. I realized that, oh my God, I have to go away <laughs> from my parents. And <laughs> do I really marry this person? And yeah. <laughs> kind of scary. But he was so strongly insisting that, you know, without me, he cannot come to America. You know, he just want to get a new kind of life here, get a more education here. You can get a bright future. (laughs) See, and that's the funny, I mean, when you came, so it was 1980, right? And Mm. it's it's still like, that's a lot of what, you know, you know, my work with collaboration and Mm. talking with the Asian American story. I think that's still that understanding of where your mentality was Mm. and why you were so willing to take the risk. Because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't do that. They wouldn't just But at the time, around that, you know, 1970, late 70, early 80, mm. Korea was not prosperous. You not know, what it is now. Not <laughs> what it is now. At the time, people think when we go to America, mm. we get a lot better life. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, you go there, you know, you don't have to live in this small place mm. and you can get a lot of money. You can make, you know, a lot of bright future in your life. Mm-hmm. Especially I have a good education. Mm-hmm. So that was I that way I'm confident that, okay, if I try hard there, mm-hmm. I can make a good living. A lot better than Korea. 
Right. That's the everybody's thought that time. So even though you thought that still, again, you're pretty young. And mm. there's some people who do that for like college now and things like that. But mm. in general, I think at that age to leave your entire life behind mm-hmm. and to say, hey, I'm going to even if you think you believe that it's going to be better, you don't know that for sure. Mm. And you grew up 23 years with your family mm. and all your friends in college and stuff. And mm. you're putting a really big leap of faith. Mm-hmm. In this new life with Appa, I right? was pretty brave. Yeah, I <laughs> good. Think I, I'm glad you acknowledged. Yeah, that. I was brave girl. <laughs> good. Yeah. See y'all. I come from some strong roots, um, but I mean that's what I, I I've acknowledged that sometimes Appa doesn't acknowledge how brave it was. He's funny. He's joked about it with me. Like, there's nothing brave about it. I just did what I was supposed to, what I needed to do. He didn't ever look at it like he was taking a big risk. He, mm. he, to him, he made it sound like he was just being logical. Mm-hmm. Like, I went where I there was opportunity. Mm. So when you first came over, though, were you you were scared that there was some like fear of the unknown, right? And you came to San Francisco, mm-hmm. where Harmony was, where mm-hmm. Grandma was, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, you again, you are a very brave woman and you're very go-getter. Mm. You don't sit around waiting for people to tell you what to yeah, do, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But when I came at the, my flight, mm-hmm. I met two uh, older ladies, like uh, five, ten years older than me. Oh. They were sister, oh. and there was a friend of your harmony's church. That Was that by chance? Or did you, just was the, this arranged? No, no, no. Oh. We just met and we talked a little bit and then we just find it out. Wow. They attended the same church as my mother-in-law. Wow, I so, didn't know that. Yeah. So they say, okay, you know, we go to the same church as your mother-in-law and it's a big church and everybody's trying to help each other. And then right after I come, some of the friends of my mother-in-law's trying to help me out to settle and what kind of life here and what kind of opportunity you can get as job-wise because mm-hmm. I have to work because Appa has to study at least four more or five more years yeah. for, because he didn't finish the college in because Korea. Of, because of the army. Yeah, so they uh, find it out there's a, one organization in downtown San Francisco that's a... a what I forgot the name, but it was the organization that helps Korean immigrant people wow. to get a job training. And after six months, they arrange the job placement. Wow. And they even have a financial support every month, like a three, four hundred dollars. Was so, that through the government or this? Yes. Okay. Government. So they were really open at that. They really yeah, were right. welcome. They that was really, like the opening the doors for immigrants to come. Right, right. And, and I don't prosper. know. They still have that um, place there, but it was really big help for the newcomer mm. because, and that I attended that, you know, school or that um, the program. Program. Mm. Six months, really hard. I learned speaking English. And I practice uh, adding machine. At the time, we have to use the adding machine for everything office. was manual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> office work, and we try we uh, practice typing every day so hard that the speed of the typing is the critical part oh. for the getting job. Yeah, and then you're, for, you're so you're learning a whole new language. 
No, no, no. Well, you, well, you knew English because you say like English teaching yes, in Korea. Yes, we in Korea we start uh, study English from middle school. Oh, okay, so that's kind of major second language you have to learn. Uh. Somehow I was really having fun to learn English. Mm. I think that was my uh, main, you know, reason that I feel confident that. I can live, you can live in America. Yeah. And then at the college, I major in education, and my ma- minor was English. Oh. So I study a lot of English literature, a lot of English history. I read a lot of books, and I was crazy about the American folk song Yeah, at the time. You love John Denver, right? Yeah, John Denver and... A lot of, you know, Korea, the, the American folk song we learned by guitar. And I have <laughs> pictures of you in the 70s where you're playing guitar. And so I was like, I didn't know you play guitar. <laughs> so we come from artistic background. See, Oma? <laughs> well, that's what, and that's what, you know, I, when I was doing collaboration, you, you did understand because I believe that music and art and film and things like that can really go across cultures right and right. teach and right and mm. then it's funny because right now k-pop is so mm. popular and it's kind of nuts mm. how everybody that's not korean like sings along with it learns the language and you you know k-dramas mm-hmm. so um, my parents actually own a business up here and they, they run a dry cleaners mm. and don't you have you have non-asian or non-korean customers who like talk to you about k-dramas and stuff now huh Right. <laughs> Every, um, especially kind of Philippine people, <laughs> Chinese people, Vietnamese, whenever they f- know I'm Korean, they talk about, oh, do you see that the Korean drama? I love that. <laughs> I love, you know, your food and your K-pop people is so great. <laughs> <laughs> so Korea just uh, developed and financially, culturally, a lot of, Big difference yeah. in 30 years. So I so I guess why, I mean, right now, you know, because you pay attention to the news and you understand what's happening out there, but you know that right now is a really tough time for a lot of, there's a lot of racial tension, right? There's a lot of racism that in the last year or so has become more and more tense between mm. people mm-hmm. and people are having more, They're just like kind of fighting more about it openly. So Mm. do you know what happened last week with uh, Charlottesville? Yes, I heard. Yeah. And so Mm. it's a different environment, right? Politically, everything. The the Mm. things that have happened since you first came to America Mm. are pretty different, right? It sounds like when you came, I'm I'm not saying that those uh, systems don't exist now, but kind Mm. of the attitude might be a little bit. Yeah, I think I thought that that early, you know, 80 up to like a 90 was kind of they welcoming the new immigrant people because they need uh, more what uh, let's say immigrant people can contribute to this country mm-hmm. in some way they have a good labor mm-hmm. if they educate the you know new immigrant people they mm-hmm can be a plus to this country. An asset, right? yeah, asset. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can become an asset. And so especially I was in kind of English studying, you know, all my uh, youth and college life. I was really kind of advantage in that program. Mm-hmm. So I have a really top 
um, you know, position to get a good job. Mm-hmm. So I got a job in Levi's. Yeah, the Levi's factory. Yeah. And not what? a factory, it's oh, a yeah, headquarter. The, the, the office. Yeah, 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 office headquarter. And I was in a uh, collection service or kind of accounting uh, department. So I worked there two years before I moved to Davis. Okay. Because so, you were in mm. San Francisco. And then so mm. story, my dad was going to City College. He was a community mm. college student. Mm. Mm-hmm. So was Appa, he learned English too in Korea? Yes. But then I feel the story that I've heard is that when you come to America, mm. It's the same thing with any language. When you're mm. reading and writing, mm. it's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually speak it and have to use it daily mm-hmm. and professionally. Yeah, that's it's why really the, right? that program helps me a lot to practice, say everything in mm. English tutor. And But it was so hard for me to understand in telephone. Mm. When I talk with somebody in phone, I cannot mm. get you know what they try to say. Mm-hmm. So it takes me at least a few months to feel comfortable to get a, a telephone conversation. But so far, I'm so lucky that I have an English education background yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And I get a job right after I got here. So after, after I got here, 10 months later, I have a good job in big company with all the good you know, benefit and all that. Wow. And I have your oppa at 82. <laughs> My brother was born in that. Yeah. Madness. <laughs> 1982 March in San Francisco Children's Hospital. So yeah. I was really lucky to start that. Um, yeah. To have that program and support. Mm-hmm. Come in. So and then I remember there are just like little stories here and there that you told me throughout my life about. And you say it laughingly. You didn't sound bitter or anything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people would tell you told me how. There are people who commented about you eating kim, about eating seaweed, rice, and like <laughs> right, right, saying right. that that was gross. Yeah, yeah. So when I work in um, Levi's, I had a co-worker, mm-hmm. same age. Uh-huh. She's a white lady. Uh-huh. And she's just uh, teasing me everything about uh, Korean food. And she doesn't know anything until she met me. Mm-hmm. So I, when I have lunch with her, mm-hmm. sometimes I bring Korean food. Yeah, yeah, Korean. Which is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, the weirdest thing in Korean people eating is a seaweed soup. What kind of food do you do you eat? And yeah. Did that hurt your feelings at all? No, no, no. no. She, she was not accusing. Or she wasn't kind being of, mean. She yeah, was just yeah. didn't know. Yeah, she was kind of mm. yeah surprised that, oh, that's the food the people can eat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so can, I guess, I mean, there's so much history. I wish I could, I'm, first of all, mm. I love how I'm saying first. That's the name of my podcast. Did you know that? <laughs> um, so first of all. This is not going to be the last time my mom is on my podcast. She, you can, you can hear very clearly. She's a great storyteller, which is why I love asking her so many questions. Um, but the point of why I really wanted to shed a little, start to tell your story and to record it was, you know, since you first came here in 1980 versus now 2017, mm. uh, like, you know, the different politics and different cultural things, even music and film, all of it has changed so much over time. Right. And um, there's people who kind of feel like we should be a lot more comfortable with other types, uh, with immigrants, with um, with different races, that at this point in time, 
people who seem to reject it. Mm-hmm. That they're on the, they're like late. They're like, where are you? Where are you living? What what age are you living in? Right? Mm-hmm. And and um, I kind of want to just help build for me, Oma. I want to mm-hmm. help build more understanding so that mm-hmm. people can understand why you came to the states, what your experience was like, mm-hmm. um, and 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 in that I share too what I experienced because mm-hmm. one of the biggest memories that I have that caused a lot of anger in me mm-hmm. um, was when. We were in Pleasanton, mm. and a cop pulled you over mm. for uh, you rolled through a stop sign. Do you remember that? It was off Burnell. I uh, ignore you. You didn't stop all the way. Mm-hmm. You slowed down, but you didn't like come to a complete stop. Yeah, so yeah. then he pulled you over. Mm-hmm. So the ticket was valid, but it was mm. the way he talked to you mm-hmm. that really pissed me off. Because he talked to you, you were very kind and you're, mm-hmm. you're yourself. And mm-hmm. for, okay, in addition, my mom is like one of the nicest human beings, the kindest, like most generous, bubbly, sweet human beings I know. And my friends call her Rainbow, <laughs> or a friend calls her Rainbow Oma. Um, but just you were very, you were very agreeable. You there was no reason why he needed to be rude, mm. but I felt an extra. A uh, layer of condescension. Do you know what that means? Sometimes um, people have a prejudice for the Asian woman. Mm-hmm. I can feel that. Yeah. Especially when we drive, mm-hmm. you know, people kind of oh, she's so you know not good and. Mm-hmm. You're safe, but minus that ticket, I don't know any other time you've had incidents on the road. No, there was a one big incident that I uh, tried to pick up your oppa, yeah. Louis, when he was in um, Pleasanton Amador Valley High School. Yeah. Uh, when I picked him up, uh, somebody shouted at me, some, you know, mean high school kid, mm. white person. Wasn't that when you were dropping him off? Dropping him off or pick him up. So she, he just to say so bad and mean thing to Asian woman driver. Mm-hmm. So horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, so your brother is really upset and get a really big trouble with that person. And he got out and punched him. Yeah. So it was a big story there. So, you know, which I'm writing about, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, I kind of want to share your story a little bit and and let people know these are real people you know the mm. these the stereotypes you know they they range right, right and people right. who believe them mm. and people who experience them mm. um on the receiving end mm. that's something that has hurt me mm. in feeling defensive of you mm. and defensive of appa mm. people who prank called our house mm. making fun of appa or like the, our name or anything like that mm. that's our real life experience, right? And then in my perspective, you guys have been working hard, mm. paying your taxes, mm. raising three children mm. who are part of the public health, you know, public education system. Mm-hmm. You've been very active, you know, in church. And like, to me, you know, you're wonderful parents or people I love, but to see other people disrespect you mm. to any degree mm. is really upsetting to me throughout mm-hmm. my life and different. And so, but I also want to know like really from your perspective, how welcome you felt or like how, you know, I didn't know that you felt that. I didn't know that you felt that when you drive and people say those kinds of things to you, I've mm-hmm. never asked you about mm-hmm. how that has felt throughout these 
almost 40 years of you being here. Mm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to make you have to share things that you don't want to share. Mm. But this is for me a way for us to like just know under, and understand people's story, their side of the story. Mm-mm. And I don't think your story is shared that much. Right. Because yeah. I, I'm not the person who kind of focused on my negative experience or things that I really hate about this place. Mm-hmm. I try to do make a, you know, best out of in every situation that, mm-hmm. okay, I can ignore this. I'm better than you. <laughs> I can ignore them because I can, you know, make a better uh, life with them. Some, some white mean people is really low. Mm-hmm. The attitude is bad, and they just have no reason to disrespect other race, Asian people especially, because we are not fluent English as they are. Mm-hmm. But they know that we can work hard more than them. Well, so, some of them, yeah. Is, <laughs> you know, a lot of um, Asian people is really diligent, um, hardworking people. They mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But the most horrible experience that I have with the white people is when I uh, got a job in PG&E mm-hmm. in Cupertino, 1992. So I was hired temporary work. So I was not sure that if I get a full-time job or not. So I was clerical entry-level um, employee, mm-hmm. and there was two white lady in a you know, they've been there a long time. I think they are our best friend, mm-hmm. but they just, uh, um, what is that? So um, not uh, disrespect me mm. as a, you know, when I'm around, they always like, uh, why she's here? Mm. <laughs> she's not supposed to be here. We This is my place. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like her to being here around. Then when they talk to me, they they're not in a good tone. Mm-hmm. It's just always kind of, you know, she must be doing something bad back there. You know, I have to watch her. I feel so. Six months, whole six months, they don't change their attitude. But I don't have anybody to talk about that. I can, mm-hmm. I don't want to do any uh, complaint to the supervisor. So that's kind of uh, Asian people's attitude. Mm. We just can uh, endure. Mm-hmm. the situation okay if i'm quiet everything's mm-hmm. gonna be okay mm-hmm. i don't want to make any more trouble if we bring up something to them we have to talk a lot mm-hmm. to explain my feeling and my mm-hmm. you know we don't have that kind of comf- comfort to start from the beginning with the people with the na- nature um you know american people with the english for their language we are language is a big uh, thing for the life Mm -hmm. so we uh, you know use English every day's language but it's still not my (laughs) native tongue yeah Yeah. native tongue yeah that's so sad I'm sorry you went through that Mm. for six months and do you think and do you think it's because you're Asian just right yeah were they did they make yeah, that's the only reason they just uh, did they make fun of your accent or anything? You like no, but, but they just we can feel the whole um, you can feel the hostility, yeah, hospitality and just you know their eyes and their 
They talk themselves to each other, mm. but they just watch me. Mm. What is she doing here? You know. <laughs> ah, so well, there's always bad people anywhere. Yeah, so, and anyway, yeah. that's and that's also the other thing. It's you know, but and I also I that pains me that you went through that, but I also know that that made you stronger as a person, and mm. you had and through so many things. I mean, I mm. could talk for hours about how. Much I know that you have mm. overcome, mm. but and also, but like you also run a business. You you've been working since you you came to America, right. and you've been very social. And mm. I think you know on the positive side, you've met a lot of great white people, like people of all races, right? Being right. in America, mm-hmm. so do you think that the experience has been more positive than negative? I think yeah, more positive way. Yeah, yeah. People, so you'd recommend America to a friend. yes america has a still have a lot of married and a lot of you know good uh yeah people a lot more better people than basically i like uh, america is the this is a country founded by puritan that's the really strong christian people which is my mom is a very strong christian (laughs) yes because the God, you know, lead them to the new place and get this great land and they have opportunity and they work hard to make, build this last 300 years, 200 something years. Some to, better than others though. <laughs> I could get into that when mm-hmm. I'm, I, the last, so the last podcast episode, I mm-hmm. kind of went off about mm-hmm. Donald Trump because <laughs> he pisses me off. Oh. So I think, again, like you said, anywhere you go, any country, there's mm. good and p- good people and bad yeah. people. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't look at it the same way that you do with the same, like, oh, because it was Christian-based mm. or foundations, that that's why. Mm. Maybe I don't disagree with you. I think that's what you think, and I think mm. it's great. Mm. But I think that the founding principles were about um, freedom mm-hmm. and about equality, yeah. but I think right now we're trying to figure out that, it, or for on some sides, establish that that really means equality for everybody, right? Because mm-hmm. there's still some people who really think, and I think again, a small, it's not everybody, mm-hmm. not majority, but mm-hmm. there's some people out there who feel threatened by other races, right. other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, yeah, so we're kind of almost at the end, which I hate to cut the conversation mm-hmm. short. But, oh, my, you're wonderful. And I love you. Um, but do you, do you still see, even now, kind of coming back to present day, um, do you feel hopeful for America? I mean, a lot of people have different theories of why we're going through all of this mess right now. Mm-hmm. Some people think that it's just necessary. We need to be honest about how people have prejudice still mm-hmm. and how people still ex- have experiences with racism because mm-hmm. it, it's not going to go away overnight, right? Right, right, yes. And I've uh, been living here and working for the last 37 years and I just focus that I'm great that I have opportunity here to make a good living and I have a lot of struggle, but still I'm alive here well mm-hmm. in a very good place. And this is a very, uh, you know, I'm really lucky to live in, in California for the first of all, because at least the white people in California think the 
they mix with other people. Diversity. They, diversity, they accept that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think other place is different, other place of the... Because they're just not used American. to seeing... Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, the customer I meet every day is uh, 90% white people. They are all nice to me and they really appreciate my work for them. And they, yeah, I have a good, um, still, this is a still good place mm-hmm. compared to other place in the earth. This is a still best place I you know, want to live in, in. Mm-hmm. and my children make a better living than mine and they have a good education here and there is no way if when I think about if I living in Korea last 37 years, I cannot make this um, uh, good life that I enjoy. I have a hard time, you know, I have a hard time for sure. But at this point, I really feel great for myself that I try hard and God rewarded me that I have a good place to live. I have a eating well. I have a safe place. I have a good family. I still have a three wonderful children. I'm surrounded by, you know, my friends still. So I have a hope. I hope for everything's turn out to be good after all this, you know, confusion and racist uh, conflict and all this happening. Somehow it will be turn out to be okay soon in a near future. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Oma. I love you so much. You need to have your own podcast. <laughs> this is so helpful. I think, yeah. So I thank you to my mom, Carol Chang, for joining me this week, episode seven of First of All. Um, oh, I'm gonna go cry now. I'm I'm very grateful to have a mother that works so hard and that has uh really bettered herself all these years, not just, you know, education wise, learning English so that I can talk with you. I feel very lucky Mm. that I can talk with you Mm. and I've, I'm working on the Korean. I'm Mm. getting better, but also just that we can have this conversation that you can articulate your thoughts Mm. to share with the world is, I feel like it's such a blessing. And that's just because you are the way that you are. Because you work so hard and you like to learn. Mm. So where I like, I think I get my go-getter nerd tendency from. Um, it's awesome to learn things. So I thank my mom for being part of this uh, episode of episode seven. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. We have more stories coming your way. We're only seven episodes in. There's so many more to come. And um, please leave a, a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Radio Public, and Stitcher. We are working on Spotify, so we're on the way. Um, please share with a friend. I think this story is so important. I'm so just proud of my mom that I... that she's my mom but there's so many other immigrant stories out there that are waiting to be shared and uh um also you know just to touch again on uh, i did lose a dear friend of mine who was really passionate about the asian american voice and that story and she worked for sundance she worked as a producer and in her honor you know i promised her before she uh passed last week that i would really 
double down, triple down, commit to, to getting more of these stories out there. So I do hope that you'll share this with a friend. I don't care what background you are, what race or ethnicity. Um, if you could relate to any of this, uh, I think everybody has felt like they are other and different and uh, struggled to find their identity. And that's the ironic thing that we're all just trying to make it in this world and live a safe, happy life and make a better life for our children after us. So um, let's spread that love. Last episode was a little bit angrier. This was more of a healing episode. So thank you for tuning in. Follow First of All Pod on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us or me, maybe my mom, if you have something to ask her, I can share with her there. Um, First of All Pod at gmail.com. This week did not have an IMO segment, which I'm going to tack on to the to the second episode this week, um, which would be maybe Surrender Part 3. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but that has been Episode 7. Thank you to my producer, Marvin Yue, who has been such a great support in making these podcasts happen. Thank you to Travis Atreo for his song, uh, Set Free. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time here on First of All. Thank you so much and love to you all. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. She said, it's time I'm ready to go. Leaving my tears on the side of the road.